The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you as we preview the Players' Championship. But first, we look back at Bryson DeChambeau, who successfully pulled off a couple of 370-yard drives on the par 5 sixth hole at Bay Hill and went on to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational in Orlando, Florida, his eighth career PGA Tour victory with the winning score of 11 under par, holding off Lee Westwood by just a shot. The 47-year-old Westwood was your 54-hole leader. Very impressive showing by Westwood and also DeChambeau with his length and yet another victory. Yeah, and, and and I think you can sense the tide turning in that final round on Sunday, which, by the way, the average score was uh, 75 and a half, so uh, three and a half over par. No player shot in the 60s, by the way, for the first time at Bay Hill since 1980, since they've been having the Arnold Palmer's uh, tournament down there. But uh, DeChambeau did get one under par. Really, it was that putt on 11, Brady, uh, where he was 50 feet away oh, and yeah. rolled it in. I think His that, second bomb of the day. Yeah, and that turned the tide, but Westwood did kind of have his chances when Bryson drove it left on the uh, par five. Uh, Westwood hit one bad approach, uh, but Bryson DeChambeau still had to hang on, still had to uh, hit a six-footer to uh, not go to a playoff against Lee Westwood. Very good tournament for Westwood, though. Uh, he has now actually been a 54-hole leader on the PGA Tour. He held the lead after up through Saturday night in four different decades, yeah. 1990s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. Uh, so good tournament for Lee Westwood. Another good showing for Jordan Spieth. Now third finish of fourth or better in his last four starts. And we're wondering if uh, if this is for real or if he's going to cool off or whatnot. But he's playing the best golf that he's played in at least about three years. Well, you alluded to it. It turned out to be a very good tournament. And I think tougher than we expected mm-hmm. it to be. The wind did not blow anything like it did last year. But still, players struggled 
struggled to score on Sunday especially, and the wind was in the neighborhood of 15 miles an hour, which will certainly affect a golf ball. But, uh, you know, we, we've seen tournaments in the neighborhood of 18 under par for your winning score, 19, mm-hmm. even 20. But uh, Bay Hill producing an 11 under winning score by DeChambeau, I, I thought says a lot about this golf course and this design. Yeah, it wasn't quite like last year when both you and I matched up on Terrell Hatton uh, where four under par ended up being the winning score. So uh, didn't totally beat down these guys. But uh, a lot of guys went backward on the leaderboards. I know we had some guys kind of in the mix, maybe not right there on the lead. But uh, I think I ended up with like three guys in the top ten. Bizudenhout, Tommy Fleetwood, who kind of fell back a little bit, backdoor to top ten. Jason Kokrak, who we all matched up on. So uh, did have some guys close, but uh, not close enough as Bryson DeChambeau now has his eighth PGA Tour victory. Yeah, you're exactly right. The long shots crew cooled off a little bit in Orlando at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. You had Bazudenhout. You also had uh, Tommy Fleetwood and Kokrak for a top 10. Will Zalatoris, impressive. The young man, his first ever trip to Bay Hill, snuck in there with a top 10 finish. But uh, we were not able to cash any tickets on an outright winner. Uh, outright winner. Jason Kokrak looked good for the first two rounds. And then if you remember on Saturday, double bogeyed his final hole, and he was very upset about it. And he did come back a little bit on Sunday. But Mm -hmm. this guy's in pretty good form right now, and it's kind of odd for his odds at the Players' Championship. I've seen them drift up, people not having faith in Kokrak to come back and do well this week. Well, he's missed a bunch of cuts here, hasn't really shown uh, well. But sometimes at this type of course, one of the things about the Players' Championship that uh, I'm sure people are learning in terms of researching this event is that you don't have a lot of course form necessarily. You have it all over the place. A guy like Roy McIlroy won last year has missed four cuts here in his career. Yeah, absolutely. It's been uh, a tough handicap, the Players' Championship, for many years. And uh, because of that reason, we're going to bring on one of the best in the business, one of the hottest guys in the business right now, Ryan Burr of the Golf Channel, will join us here momentarily. He has been picking winners like nobody's business and had Bryson DeChambeau last week. You and I liked Bryson, uh, but didn't love his price. And now I'm kicking myself because we're figuring out he is really built for that golf course. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, look, it was a little bit of a weaker field because of obviously close so close one week before the players championship so Arnold Palmer invitational unfortunately for that event suffers a little bit still a very good field but not as stacked as we've seen it in years past Ryan Burr is going to be our guest for our member guest segment we mentioned he is on a roll you want to listen to this he had last week's winner in Bryson DeChambeau we'll find out who else he had momentarily I think he has seven winners on the year this is long shots the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com the sports betting network Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you previewing the big daddy the fifth major the players championship and it is indeed time to bring in Mr. Ryan Burr he's a host of Golf Central on the Golf Channel. Ryan, welcome to the program. Uh, You're on such a roll picking winners. We had to invite you uh, back for round two of long shots. You, of course, appeared appeared with us here on the program last year, but we had to uh, upgrade you to a Big Daddy event. You've been so hot. Congratulations to you, my friend. Now, this is a tough handicap. Wes and I were just talking about that. Uh, There's no real course form for anybody. You know, who's in good current form? You just don't see a lot of trends play in or year in and year out at the Players' Championship, and you've had a lot of random winners, bombers, shorter hitters, you name it, all sorts of variety here. First-timers, journeymen, all over the map here as far as who's won at the Players' Championship. How did you attack the handicap this week, and who might fare well at Sawgrass? Yeah, guys, uh, thanks for having me on. And, and 
it has been uh, it has been one hell of a roll. I'm not going to lie to you to uh, to have seven outright winners uh, since the restart of the PGA Tour. Uh, we're we're uh, we're at a success rate that, to be honest, I don't know if golf has has ever seen before. Uh, and we release those picks every week uh, Wednesday uh, on my Twitter handle at Ryan Burr. And you're probably going to get our eighth win this week because I feel pretty good about things, guys. You know. I think it's a crutch a little bit to say that the players is tough to handicap. I agree with you that you can't eliminate one style. Uh, certainly with Bay Hill, uh, I knew for sure before, you know, round one started that it would be a long hitter that would win uh, that rough, uh, that distance that they play it, that speed of the greens, it really eliminated the short hitter. And uh, that's ultimately why I went with Deshambo and came up the winner again. So the players, while you can't eliminate one style, that doesn't mean that it is necessarily more difficult to handicap. Uh, with the exception of Siwoo Kim, who really, really came out of left field, and no one obviously had him, although I did have him this year to win, uh, and, and that, was one of the, uh, that was one of the correct picks this year. But when he won the players, nobody saw that coming. Um, I like ball strikers, but the one stat that really sticks out here more than anything else is strokes gained around the green. Uh, if you go look at that particular statistic amongst the guys that have won the players, uh, that's the most important by, I would say around 30 to 40%. So I think if you want to start building a style of player, uh, the first thing I would do would be look at strokes gained around the green. And uh, players certainly in the top third are are going to have an advantage because that is so important there. You know, Jordan Spieth, that's the question I keep getting. Can he continue? Can he continue? Can he continue? I actually think of just about all the events that he's contended in, uh, while he doesn't have a great track record here, he did uh, was the 36-hole leader his rookie year, went bogey-free for the first 36 holes. Uh, I actually think it's a pretty good course for him right now. And the reason I say that is because driver is so much taken out of your hand. And that's always been the, you know, why do you take, why, you know, Dustin Johnson, Rory, I mean, they don't have their biggest strength. They Brooks Kepka, they don't Bubba Watson. They don't have their biggest strength at, at TPC Sawgrass. That is true. Driver is taken out of your hand here more than anywhere else. And that actually obviously really helps Jordan, right? Because he can't hit it straight. And to your point, Ryan, uh, you mentioned stroking around the green. Last 24 rounds, only Kevin Na better on the PGA Tour than Jordan Spieth uh, in turn of gaining uh, strokes around the green. Uh, another guy, and you mentioned, and this is what put me on a guy this week, of taking the driver a little bit out of the bag and being more judicious with it is Justin Thomas. The approach game was good a couple weeks ago at the concession, but the driving game was not very good. But now you're getting him a little bit higher, 20, 20 two to one range uh and uh look he's had a tumultuous year this year but you look at a lot of the yeah. stats par four scoring strokes and approach right there here for the players championship yeah i mean he's playing so bad that he isn't on my list uh i would agree with everything you said he should be great there he has more birdies in the field here 98 than any other player since 2015 uh so Traditionally and long-term, JT will win a players, but I've never seen him in this kind of form ever 
going into the players. So uh, you do actually have to hit some drivers. Um, JT won't be my pick this week. Ryan, you mentioned uh, the use of the driver and also the ability to take it off of your hands uh, when you hit certain tees here at players at uh, TPC Sawgrass. What about Dustin Johnson? Because we've seen some bombers win here recently. Jason yeah. Day, Rory McIlroy, and Johnson, sure, sure. you know, he's never been great in the state of Florida, but it looks like he's starting to figure this place out. He's been progressively better at Sawgrass the last four or five years. Finished fifth here last year. What kind of chances yeah. do you give DJ this week, uh, who's the favorite at the top of the board right well i mean there's a reason that he's progressively getting better it's because he's really really good and no matter where you put him just on he has more talent than everyone else right i mean that's that's kind of dj's thing he's the most talented player out there and because he has so much crazy talent he's you know he you, you let him go around the place enough he's going to figure it out uh I don't love the odds, obviously. I mean, I, I, it's tough to, to take an outright um, favorite to win. Would I be surprised if Dustin won? No. Would I be surprised if Dustin, any event Dustin would win? The answer to that is no. The talent's just so supreme that anytime DJ wins, I probably won't have him because the odds aren't great, but it would never surprise me for Dustin Johnson to win anything. He's so talented and the reality is you know Rory McIlroy who who is the quasi defending champ because of what happened last year you know Rory is probably the second most talented but the difference between DJ and Rory in the wedge game is monumental it's gigantic now Rory overcomes that because he is such a great driver of the ball he overcomes that because he does, is a streaky putter and when the putter is rolling uh, he's pretty awesome but, man, his wedges, I mean, he's got to catch lightning in the bottle that week because he's just not a very good wedge player. So, Ryan, we've touched on a few guys already, kind of in that 10 to 1 to 25 to 1 range uh, this week in terms of the pricing. Anybody in that range that's going to land on your card this week? Yeah, I like Webb a lot. Uh, I like Webb Simpson a lot, a past winner here, but a guy that, uh, you know, knows his way around there straight great around the greens I like web um you know i'll take a flyer just because i i i think we all need to on tony fee now like guys it's gonna happen <laughs> okay and it's probably gonna happen at a big event but uh you know you just can't finish second place every week i mean tony fee now is going to win and i think there's a pretty good chance it's this week so i like web i like tony uh the matsuyama is interesting he played uh pretty good golf last week at bay hill Started to find, started to find it a little bit. Uh, I don't mind Jason Day, uh, which you're going to get great odds on. I, he's on his way back. The, the move to Chris Como as a swing coach, uh, much less stress on the back. Great around the greens, great out of the bunkers, great putter. So I, you know, as far as you know, pretty far down the list. I don't know what you guys have Jason Day, but I, you're going to get great odds on Day. Uh, Fee now middle of the road and you're going to get pretty good odds on Webb for how well he's played there. Yeah, absolutely. And right here showing it uh, the, what is that DraftKings yes. sportsbook, Jason day at 50 to one. What about some of the longer shots, Ryan, that you feel have a good chance this week, either to win or to cash a top 10 or top 20 finish. Well, I'll tell you, I mean the, like a Richie uh, Werlinski, 
Uh, what do you have him at? Oh, he's got to be at least 100, I would think. Okay, comes in in great form. Obviously, great form. And I'll tell you what, if he's a sneaky guy that if you go and look at his record uh, on the strokes gained at the players, it's it's he sneaks like it will be Hall of Fame names that are current players. Like it will be, you know, JT, Rory, DJ, Rom, and then you'll see Richie Rowenski's name on there. So I promise you I will have some Richie not the win, doesn't have the chops to finish that off, but uh, you can make some dough on Richie in a, in a top 20, top 10 play. Uh, no doubt about that. He was right up there last week, actually. Uh, we were we were talking uh, during our Sunday show, Brady, like uh, if this guy can post a number, we'll see what he can do. It didn't end up doing it. So uh, Richie Wierenski, yeah, he is uh, triple-digit odds, uh, the winner. I at found the him here uh, at the Westgate at 200 to 1. Love it. Love it. Now, that's to win, obviously. I'm not predicting a, a victory, but as far as, I mean, you're going to get odds as a long shot to top 10. And, I mean, he fits, every, checks every box for me there at the players. Pretty good track history. Comes in playing the absolute best golf of his career. Kind of got, kind of took one on the chin late on Sunday, so it's not a relaxed mode. He was back out there today grinding. How could I get better? How did I let that slip away? And that's what makes like Finau so interesting. You know, guys, when somebody wins, and I get that a lot, can DeChambeau go back-to-back? No chance. Zero chance. DeChambeau's not going back-to-back. The last time DeChambeau won was the U.S. Open, and he went six weeks without a top ten. That's just golf. There, When you win, there is an exhale. There is a relaxation. And that's why what Tiger did is the most incredible thing of all time. For everyone else, the mere mortals, after you win – you actually take several steps back generally before you start to come on that wave again. The actual player is the player like Jordan Spieth or Tony Finau that is getting close, but never exhales. They're like, oh, I'm close. I'm close. I got to go a little further. I got to push it a little harder. And that's why I love guys that, that are grinding with the top fives, the top tens, the Wawenski's not a bad play, man. I'll definitely look at, at a top 20, a top 10 there. Like the odds and, uh, you know, the weather this week is perfect. I could tell you firsthand the golf course, I've never seen it in this kind of shape. It is the best I've ever seen TPC Sawgrass, and that's saying something. Now, the move from May to March certainly helps a lot because it went, obviously, from the overseed, which it is now, which is gorgeous, when it was in Mother's Day in May, that it all burned off and it was Bermuda. So it's a much prettier golf course now. The weather's going to be great. I see low numbers this week, and, uh, you know, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. I gave you guys a good idea of the directions I'm going. Uh, Wednesday, around this time, tomorrow, at Ryan Burr, will ultimately produce probably our eighth winner uh, since the restart because – we're just that kind of hot, guys. We're that kind of hot. Well, uh, Ryan, uh, let me flip ahead. 30 days away, Augusta National, Masters back in the traditional yep. April slot. Uh, any early thoughts on that tournament going forward? I know uh, you don't want to get too far ahead. You're on this uh, big run right now, but uh, got to be right. at least thinking a little bit of how you want to shape that yeah, Masters for card. Sure. For sure. Um, you know, that. That tournament, I've always said it, 
and I believe it 100%. It's the easiest. I think I told you, I believe I was on with you guys before the, the Masters in, uh, in November. And it 100%. I mean, not 99%, guys. There aren't many things that are 100%, but that is 100% the easiest tournament to handicap all year. Half the field can't win. Cross them off. I mean, they're there because they won it 70 years ago. Uh, it's the smallest field. It's the shortest field. And it's really, really easy to handicap. It's amazing to me that everyone doesn't have the Masters champion every year. I mean, it's, it's, there's a couple things you got to look at. I mean, DJ was so easy to pick in November. I hope everybody cashed on that. I mean, that was really an easy one. Uh, Tiger, the year before, actually uh, was, was 100% on one of my plays. You, you looked at it. You looked at the Tour Championship. You looked at Tiger at the uh, President's Cup. He was the best golfer in the world. And there was there was no denying who the best player was at the President's Cup at the at the PGA. Uh, there was no denying at the at the Tour Championship when he won at East Lake who the best player in the world was. And then you put him on on that golf course where uh, you know I remember on my list I had Molinari in 2019. He was right there. I had Kepka because he was on the major run, and I had Woods. And then this November, DJ was, uh, I mean, he was an automatic uh, with, with all the way all the, uh, all, the, um, all the numbers were going towards uh, Augusta in November. It was going to be a Dustin Johnson win, and it was. That's obviously one of my victories uh, since the restart. So uh, early, early, I do like the way Spieth is going. Obviously, don't need to worry about driver or missing fairways there because there's no rough. Uh, he's a great putter, great around the greens and has the course knowledge. You know, that is the masters is so easy to predict because half the field has zero chance. Like I said, they're there because it's a, uh, you know, it's a tribute to their past career. I mean, as great as, uh, as great as some of those old timers are, you know, they just don't have a chance and, and it's great to see them out there. It's great to see them play the par three. It's great to see him tee it up on Thursday, but you know, you know, Fred couples is a great story. He's not going to win the masters. I mean, he may hang around, but he's not going to win the masters. And, and you can kind of go down the list and cross guys off Trevor Immelman, you know, great guy, unbelievable broadcaster, super friend, maybe as good on TV as there is not going to win the masters, right? I mean, it, you, you can cross them off the list. So I like speed early on. He's got that. Uh, he's kind of got that mojo going in that direction. All right, my friend. Well, great to talk to you again. And everybody go to Twitter and check out at Ryan Burr. That's B-U-R-R. Those picks for the Players' Championship from Ryan will come out on Wednesday. Ryan, thanks again. We'll talk to you down the road and enjoy the Players' Championship. Uh, You guys do the same. Always great to be on the show. Be good. Thanks, Ryan. We'll be right back with more Long Shots right here on VSIN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots here on VSIN and VSIN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. And Wes, we're going back across the pond. It's been a few weeks since we've had a marquee European tour event. And the field is watered down a little bit because everybody's in Ponte Vedra Beach for the players. But nonetheless, the Qatar Masters with a few studs at the top of the odds board. Yeah, uh, five week hiatus for the European tour. Uh, I'm not going to go with the two Thomases from Belgium who are at the top of the odds board, that being Thomas Detry. Thomas Peters, uh, who kind of are like proverbial bridesmaids, really, on the European tour. I think when they win, kind of like what Ryan Burr was saying about Tony Finau with the breakthrough, when they win, it's going to be, I guess, against a more quality field, I think. I can't bet them as chalk. So, uh, you know, kind of went on some hunches this week because you haven't had these guys play in about five weeks. So, uh, Antoine Rosner, 25 to 1, is my shortest price here at Qatar. Uh, Cutter or Qatar? I'll figure it out at one point. Either one. Uh, Either one. 
works, I guess. Uh, won his first European Tour event late last year in Dubai. Has a good history on courses with these uh, Paspalum Greens. Tied for second in Mauritius back in 2019. Top 10 last year in Oman. That was kind of how I handicapped this this week of uh, similar courses here. And that's how I landed on all these guys. George Katsia, 28-1. to Big George was T10 earlier this year in Saudi Arabia. Similar greens here against a much stronger field, by the way, that had DJ and Finau in it. Uh, good history on Middle East courses. Sean Crocker, 40-1. to Continues to progress for his uh, maiden European Tour win, USC graduate. Uh, also held his own in that Saudi Arabia field. T12. Uh, and that brings me to Callum Hill, who I also played at 54-1. to T4 this year at Saudi Arabia. He beat guys like Bryson DeChambeau, Victor Hovland, Tyrrell Hatton, Paul Casey, Sergio Garcia in this field. Could go well on a similar course. Chris Paisley, 60 to 1. Englishman was tied for seventh there last year. Likes Middle East golf. Top five against elite fields in Dubai and Abu Dhabi in recent years. And then the long shot, Clement Sordet, the the, uh, Frenchman, uh, 170 to 1. Making his 2021 debut has not played an event yet this year. He's a big price. He has a challenge tour win in Oman, a runner-up in a European tour event there last year on very similar green. So I uh, think uh, Clement Sordet maybe could hit that first page of the leaderboard on Sunday at a very huge price. You were on him a couple times last season, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, because uh, he, had won an, he had won an amateur event. He was a guy I took uh, – I think as as a bomb, just very small at the U.S. Open because he had won actually on Pebble Beach. Uh, wow. This was two years ago when uh, Gary Woodland won. And, uh, you know, as a guy that played his golf over here in the States at Texas Tech, so uh, was a very good college player over here, still trying to get that first European Tour win. Has won on the Challenge Tour, which is basically like the Corn Ferry Tour over here. All right, let's do Pick the Place. This is our new game where we're given a few golfers and we try and pick where they will place for the week's event, which, of course, is the Players' Championship or maybe what the best bet is to make. And we'll start with Rory McIlroy. Like Ryan Burr said, the quasi-defending champion won it in 2019. Top five finish for Rory at plus 350, a top 10 at plus 225, and a top 20 finish at minus money, minus 110. Yeah, I would probably go top 20 here. If you look at the uh, at the recent stats, uh, actually, uh, since Adam Scott won it, I believe back in, uh, I think it was 2005 when Adam won here at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, actually, if you look at trends, no winner has finished top 10 or better the next following year uh, since Adam Scott did it nobody's in Nobody's won it back-to-back, back, right? Yeah, nobody's won it back-to-back. Back. No winner has finished top 10 in the year following the win. So uh, that's why I'm a little short on Rory, albeit there was a year in between because we know that this got canceled after round one last year. So uh, maybe could put some bollocks on that trend. But uh, nevertheless, Rory, top 20 of those three options. I might take a shot at top 10 here at plus 225 because Rory, it seems like forever now that all he does is finish top 10. He doesn't mm-hmm. win, mm-hmm. but he sneaks into that eighth position, the seventh place finish, what have you. Next golfer on the list, pick the place for Justin Thomas, a top five finish at four to one, a top 10 at plus 225, and a top 20 at plus 125. Well, Matt Humans and I, and we'll get to that in the pick segment at the end of the show, did both land on Justin Thomas this week at, uh, and it was just taking a price, 22 to one to, to win the thing. I was like, when do you ever get Justin Thomas above 20 to one in a tournament? very rarely even at majors so uh look and Ryan Burr was right he has not played 
very well coming in. He's never been in that poor of a form, but the approach game is true. And as long as that's true, I think this guy's got a chance. I did bet him to win. So uh, I'll go ahead and say top five. I really like top 20 at plus money. I mean, you get a lot of leeway there. 20 positions for Justin Thomas to finish, and you're getting plus 20, uh, plus 125. I don't think that's a bad bet either. We'll see how JT fares this week in Potavidra Beach for the Players' Championship. Next up, it is major implications as long shots rolls on right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. of the season will take place in 30 days. The Masters returns to its normal April position and they will tee it up at Augusta National Golf Club on April the 8th, 2021. And it is time for our major implications segment where we do Would You Rather? Who would you rather have a ticket on in your pocket to win the Masters in the first matchup between the two choices here, Wes, Colin Morikawa at 30-1 to 1 off the recent win at the concession or Patrick Reed at 30-1, to 1, who, of course, was a winner earlier this year at Torrey Pines. You know, a guy that has a green jacket in his closet would seem to be the <laughs> obvious choice here, but I will say Colin Morikawa, who is now in his second year. He did finish T44 in 2020 at but that was that was so quick. That was only a couple months after he won the PGA, it seemed like. So when you're a young guy and you win a major at 23 years old, there's still a little bit of a hangover effect there. And I think that there certainly was for Marikawa. I would expect he's going to play better this time. The approach game that we saw a couple of day, a weeks ago at the workday at the concession was just absolutely phenomenal. And he is one of the best on the tour. I think he has the best irons from the fairway on the tour. So uh, I know Reed's got the experience and Reed is a big game hunter and can win these tournaments, these majors and WGCs. But I think Marikawa is the same. I would go with him. You know, if you could put these two players together, you've got Patrick Reed, who's the wizard around the greens, and then you've got Colin Morikawa, who's exceptional with the iron play. You, you'd have a Masters championship uh, champion if you mm -hmm. combine these two guys. Um, I kind of lean a little bit with Reed, and I think uh, you, you mentioned it, a big game hunter. He, this is going to absolutely get his attention when he steps on the grounds at Augusta National Golf Club, and I still maintain that Morikawa, you know, he has the, the woes around the greens with the putter and with the scrambling and of course it all worked out for him at the concession when he gained strokes on the field with the putter um, but I you know the Augusta National is arguably the very hardest uh, course to putt on tour the course that they these mm -hmm. guys play all season long uh, so if you're not a great putter it's not a place to necessarily get hot with the flat stick I'd probably lean towards Patrick Reed here at 30 to 1 matchup number two Bryson DeChambeau at 14 to 1 or John Rahm at 14 to 1. I'm going to go with John Rahm at 14 to 1. I know that seems absurd considering Bryson has already won the U.S. Open. Uh, kind of the start the wraparound season, and he's also won at Bay Hill. But uh, Bryson has never been in the top 20 here at Augusta National in four starts, dating back to when he was the low amateur uh, several years ago. John Rahm, fourth in 2018, T9, 2019, T7, 2020. 
The form is going to come around. He has been slow out of the gate this year because he is on an equipment change. He's now a full endorser of Callaway. So playing with new clubs, playing with the new ball, the putter has not been good. I think he's like tied for 99 strokes gain putting over the last 24 rounds. But the ball striking is still good. He's still going to gain off the tee all the time. The approaches are above average. So uh, the guy's hitting the ball well and starting to really come around. And I think he could be peaking by April. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head there, and that's what you're trying to do in the futures market. You know, time the the peak of the player. And Rom may have it figured out with the new equipment by the time we get to April the 9th at Augusta National. And Bryson, we were talking about it with Colin Morikawa and Patrick Reed, what their strengths are. Bryson has everything off of the tee and also around the green, but the in-between is the tough part for him, mm -hmm. the, the approach shots. And Augusta National has become such a strokes-gained approach-type metric golf course. Uh, maybe that's why Bryson has struggled there in the past. So I, I'm with you. I would go on John Rahm on that matchup as well. Matchup number three, Dustin Johnson, your defending champion at 8-1, to one, or Brooks Kepka, who is missing the Players' champion this, uh, Championship this week because of a knee injury. Kepka at 14 to one or DJ at eight to one. I would like to pass on both of those prices, but if I have to pick, I have to go with the jock and Dustin Johnson uh, to repeat uh, there at Augusta National because, simply put, I don't know where Brooks Kepka is injury wise uh, because. He complained, or, or, or what he released this week was that he was having to bow out due to a knee injury. And we saw a couple weeks ago, even at the uh, concession, when he was uh, you know, a few shots behind the leader, Marikawa, he was uh, nursing his shoulder. So he has had multiple injuries, really, in the last year, year and a half. So tough to back a guy. I know uh, people got paid backing him on the right week at Phoenix when he was above 40 to 1, which is always an absurd price on Brooks Kepka. But that's kind of what you have to do. You have to just time it right because a lot of weeks he's not going to be in contention. Or if he's not right there, he's going to fade and just kind of be playing through it, and he's probably going to be injured in, in some regards. So, uh of those two, I would go with the chalk, uh, who will be the uh, master's favorite come April. Dustin Johnson, world number one, eight to one. I've actually been considering making a play on Brooks, and then the injury setback, you know, has me thinking twice. And you make a great point. You know, is is the workout regimen that this guy puts himself through? Is it starting to wear on his body? Mm -hmm. uh, will he be around? He's already missed one Masters because of injury before. I believe it was a wrist injury that time. But uh, I still am considering putting a wager on. Brooks Kepka for one of my shorter shots, uh, taking a hard look at that because I think he'll have a great chance. The win in Phoenix goes a long way towards that. His performance at the concession. Um, he would have to be about 25 or like 28 to 1 range for me to even consider, though. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I don't want him at 14 to 1, and maybe this injury will cause his price to drift, and, and that would be a great thing. I think if I could get him at 20 or better, I'd take a shot with Brooks. Harris English is our final matchup here. Harris English at 80 to one versus Justin Rose also at 80 to one yeah this is actually a tough one English uh, has only played twice here missed the cut one of those two times uh, Georgia Bulldog but never really has played well here these are bent greens so uh, uh, not the usual Bermuda that a lot of these guys in the south put on uh, more regularly uh, you look at Justin Rose the form is actually very good uh, uh, he's got two runner-ups here. Of course, uh, did lose that uh, playoff to Sergio Garcia for Sergio's lone major. But 
he was a much different player, obviously, in 2015, 2016, and 2017 when he had three straight top tens than he is right now. Of course, uh, he walked off last week, took a big number on the first hole last week, and then uh, withdrew from the event. So you wonder if there's some injury issues there with Justin Rose. But he certainly has more of the form here, so a very small, tepid lean to Justin Rose. I agree with you. This one's a hard one to figure out. Neither of these guys, I mean, uh, Harris English just won in Hawaii, won the at Kapalua, but really has fallen off ever since that. Ryan Burr talked about that, that guys, you know, tend to fall off before they come back again after a win. For Justin Rose, it's been a couple of years. He played pretty well at the PGA Championship last year at Harding Park, but uh, you just, I, at this point, I don't know which Harris English is going to show up. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. The bent grass surface is not really to his liking. I would probably lean Justin Rose here as well. He, uh, you know, has an affinity for this place. He's played it a thousand times. And experience is a big thing at Augusta, which Harris English does not have a lot of. We'll wrap up the program with our match play segment. Go through Matt Humans, Wes Reynolds, and myself. All of our plays for the Players' Championship when we come back and wrap up the program. It is Long Shots right here on VSIN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. And it is our match play segment where we release all of our plays for the upcoming tournament. Of course, it is the Players' Championship. It's a biggie. The fifth major, arguably the best field in all of golf. 48 out of the top 50 players in the world are here. And we'll go with Matt Eumanns' plays first. I know he's on one of his favorite players, and you mentioned it earlier. The biggest price we've seen on Justin Thomas in a while. He's got Thomas at 22 to 1, has done very well here in the past at the players. Xander Shoffley, another one of his guys that also has very good history here. Webb Simpson at 25 to 1, a former winner here, also has a couple of 16th place finishes, and Webb uh, matches up with a lot of the correlating courses as well, a Pete Dye specialist, if you will. And then another former winner in Jason Day, the Australian, and Ryan Burr talked about him a little bit, that his game is starting to come back around. We'll see if it comes to fruition this week at the Players' Championship and a nice number on Jason Day there at 51-1. to one. And, and I think, you know, similar to the Justin Thomas play, that's a play on a number two. Yeah, and a couple of those guys on that list, most notably Jason Day, uh, uh, regular fi- fixture, rather, on Pete Dye golf courses and yeah. has won, uh, won the match play at the Austin Country Club, also won at Crooked Stick uh, for the BMW Championship, Whistling Straits, of course, uh, where he won uh, his uh, first major back in uh, 2015 for the PGA. So he's a guy that's won on these courses. Webb Simpson, we know, won at Harbortown last year. Uh, a guy that usually plays not on a Pete Dye course, but the Wyndham Championship, Sedgefield in uh, in the Greensboro area, North Carolina. Very similar. Actually, a Pete Dye design right across the street. So a very similar design that Webb plays well at. So a uh, couple Pete Dye corollaries on there. And yourself, I know you're on Justin Thomas as well. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, he hasn't been playing great. I mean, the off the tee was not very good at the workday, but this was a guy that was a few over par after round one, rallied to shoot 73, and then ended up finishing a respectable T15 against a good field. Uh, second in the field that week for strokes gained approach. Uh, I think it was the inaccuracy off the tee that cost him, but he can leave the driver in the bag, use the three metal, use some irons off the tee. You will have to hit some drivers, but you don't have to use it all the time. So I think that could be good for Justin Thomas. Uh, John Rahm, 16 to one. If you recall, nobody's really picking him or talking about him this week, even though he's number two in the world. He was the 54 hole leader here two years ago uh, and then had three bogeys in his first four holes on Sunday and rinsed a couple of his approaches at 11. And of course on the Island green at 17 at a buried lie in the bunker on 16 still shot 76 when he should have shot about 85. I think he's still event. mad about that. Yeah. Remember how hot he got <laughs> yeah he was very hot but ever since then five worldwide wins five runner-ups 
we know he's a much different player now. It's really been the putting that has been slow, but third and strokes gained ball striking, which is off the tee plus approach, fourth and strokes gained off the tee, sixth and strokes gained tee to green, couple Pete Dye wins at the Zurich Classic in New Orleans and at yeah. the American Express, of course, at PGA West. So, uh, not, Rom, not a greenhorn on these Pete Dye uh, courses, nor is Patrick Cantlay, who is still searching for that win on the Pete Dye course. But uh, uh, a, a second earlier this year at PGA West, uh, shot that 61, uh, fell one short of Siwoo Kim, who won. Always very good at Harbortown, another Pete Dye course. Uh, finished seventh in Louisiana at that Zurich team event with Patrick Reed. They were partners. Uh Top 15 each of the last three years in Connecticut for TPC River Highlands. Uh, no player in this field has gained more strokes total throughout, whether it's off the tee, approach, putting, combine them all together, more so than Patrick Cantlay. So he has been right there. Uh, last year, he actually shot 66 before this tournament got canceled in the first round, which was good for fifth. So Cantlay 25 to 1. Back to Tommy Fleetwood at 52 to 1. Fifth and seventh here over the last two years. He could go well this week. Yeah, he was the co-leader after 36 with Rory when he won it here in 2019. And uh, and he had a good week last week, right? He did. He struggled like most of the field with the wind on Sunday, finished T10. But very good Florida player. 52 to 1, I think, is a fair price. Uh, and then the three longer shots, Cameron Smith, 62 to 1. Missed two of the three cuts here at TPC Sawgrass, but he kind of has that look of a player that's about to peak. Fourth at Riviera, 11th at Concession after a poor Saturday round. Starting to kind of put it together, I think. Corey Connors, 80-1, to one, third last week at the API. Led the field in approach. Strokes gained. Uh, the putter is usually not his best club in the bag, and it lets him down. But he is better on Bermuda than any other surface. Gained 3.75 strokes on the greens last week at Bay Hill. So uh, maybe could duplicate that again. And then Chris Kirk, 150-1. to one. I thought that was a big price on him because two last two starts in Florida stand out. T8 last week at Bay Hill, and then last summer actually won on the Corn Ferry Tour at the King and Bear Classic nearby St. Augustine. Made most of his cuts here, seven of eight. Recall he gained his uh, playing privileges earlier this year at the Sony Open with on the Bermuda. second behind Kevin Na, who uh, you tapped as the winner, and Chris Kirk. Positive frame of mind because he had to leave the tour. He had some personal issues, and he's been public and candid about him. Battled the bottle going forward. So uh, now he's back on the tour. I think he's playing well. I think he's going to get on that first page at a big price. Yeah, he would be especially good maybe for a top 20 finish play. But Yeah, uh, and, yeah. That's, and I did I did props on those as well, top fives and top tens. Yeah, he's been very good as of late, and good to see that return to form for Chris, uh, Chris Kirk. I also went with Patrick Cantley, got him at 20 to 1. Of course, he pulled out of the concession, citing dehydration and fatigue, and now that's been two weeks ago. So I think he ought to be in good form. And I kind of think that rest has probably done him well. He'll come in here fresh. I mean, he was on a real run between the American Express and Pebble Beach. This guy was one of the hottest players in the world. So I think a break is probably good for Patrick Cantley. Now, you talked about some of the success he's had on the correlated courses, and we look at other Pete Dye designs like uh, RBC Heritage, Harbortown. Patrick Cantley's been great there. Uh, the Wyndham Championship, they 
they play at Sedgefield. Not a peat dye design, but a lot of correlation to TPC Sawgrass. And then also TPC River Highlands, where they play uh, the Travelers Championship. As far as skill sets that I looked at this week, I looked at total driving, strokes gained approach, scoring on the par fours, and scrambling. I think those are four of the most important skill sets that you'll need here at TPC Sawgrass. And uh, you mentioned uh, Cantlay's success at the Travelers and the RBC Heritage. He's been to the players three times, has a cut and also a 23rd and a 22nd. So uh, it could be time for him to get to the winner's circle here in his fourth start. His last six starts, by the way, he has not finished worse than 17th. Uh, I am also on Webb Simpson, a former winner here at 25 to 1. That win was sandwiched by two 16th place finishes. He owns the Wyndham. This guy, eight top 10 finishes at the Wyndham Championship, and six of those eight are top five finishes. Uh, RBC Heritage, he won it last summer, has three top 10s, also has four top 16 finishes at the RBC Heritage, another Pete Dye design. Two top 10s in his last three starts, including a sixth at the WC, uh, WGC concession a couple of weeks ago. So the form is there for Webb. I also went with Daniel Berger at 40 to 1, one earlier this year at Pebble Beach. Uh, a third at the RBC Heritage last summer, has two top fives at the Travelers Championship. So he has the correlated courses. He checks those boxes. He's played the players five times, and this is similar to the Masters, where you need experience to figure this course out. He's played five times. He missed the cut in his debutante appearance, has made the cut in the four appearances thereafter. Maybe the fifth time is a charm, or maybe the sixth time is a charm for Daniel Berger. Also 49th in scrambling on tour and 23rd in total driving. Kevin Kistner at a big price, 125 to 1. One of my long bombs here. Lost in a playoff when Ricky Fowler won this back in 2015. He also finished second at the RBC Heritage that year in 2015. This is the sixth time that he has played the players, so he certainly has the experience around here. And Wes, you talked about it. Georgia Bulldogs, guys from that part of the country can put on these Bermuda greens. He's won on a Pete Dye, actually. It was a match play event at the yeah, Austin Country Club. And also Club, finished second. Yeah, so 2019 he won, uh, I believe, I think it might have been Bubba Watson that he finished second behind. I, I can't recall. He, I think he. I think you're right. I think he lost to Watson and beat Matt Kuchar. Yes, yes. So uh, Kisner did win the match play in 2019. So uh, actually that makes a lot of sense there at 125. And my biggest shot was a guy that I always love to play at the players. I mean, we talk about the lack of consistency for anybody, except for maybe Sergio Garcia at the Players' Championship. You look at a guy like Rory McIlroy, who's won it. He's also missed the cut four times. Rory, uh, Ricky Fowler, he's won it. He's also missed the cut a handful of times. It's just true about this golf course. But one guy who will uh, be playing his 17th Players' Championship is Ian Poulter. And in 16 appearances, he's only missed the cut three times. This guy is consistently towards the top of the leaderboard at TPC Sawgrass. has finished second twice uh, at the RBC Heritage. He has never missed a cut, and I believe he's played there 10 times. He has two top 10s and three, fifth, uh, three top 15s at the RBC Heritage. He's also never missed a cut at TPC River Highlands, and he just comes off of a 26th place finish at the Arnold Palmer. Typically plays in Florida pretty well, and he absolutely fits that mold of a good short game and a good ball striker. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we'll see if uh, Poulter can uh, get back in. He's already in the Masters, so he doesn't have that pressure in terms of getting inside.
inside a number for a world golf ranking. So uh, I think that's actually a good sign. He can go play in this event and not necessarily worry about the Masters. Any matchups for you, Mr. Reynolds? Yeah, I did play a, a couple here. I, I did take John Rahm over Rory McIlroy, minus 120. Uh, I do like Rahm uh, this week as one of my outrights. Uh, Scotty Shuffler over Patrick Reed. Usually I don't like to take debutantes, and I didn't take any here. A lot of them this week. Uh, Marikawa, Hovland, Scotty Scheffler. So, but I did take him in a matchup. I do think he fits this course well over Patrick Reed. And then I'm going to go against Lee Westwood off that near miss. Uh, Ricky Fowler, a former winner here at the Players' Championship, in terrible form, but I thought that price was cheap to go against Westwood. All right, very good. Yeah, Westwood, of course, coming off of that performance last week. Be tough to back that up. I went with Abraham Answer over Harris English. We talked about Harris English being uh, kind of in lousy form as of late ever since he won at Kapalua. Abe Answer, I think, checks a lot of boxes. Should have a good tournament here this week at TBC Sawgrass. And then Russell Henley, who really jumps off the page as far as the stats, bet him over Lonto Griffin. That is going to do it for us. Another episode of Long Shots next up. It is the Honda Classic next week. And Patrick Mayo of the Pat Mayo Experience will join us to help break it down. Enjoy the Players' Championship, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy Long Shots and VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.